We're back, folks. Episode 91. Yes, 91. Getting closer to that that century mark. And we appreciate you all. I always like to start with that. Everyone that's tuned in, everyone that's liked, shared, commented on social media, YouTube, talked about it in your circle of friends, said we suck. You know, we, we appreciate all of it. Um, it's it's uh, again, it's been a joy for us to continue to do this. We're having fun with it. And that's what it's about. So. Uh, without further ado, man, we we got. I'm sorry. Let's we'll do a quick intros. Um, co-host Austin Hamilton here. Yeah, co-host Marshall Hamilton here. And uh, Marshall, you want to give your our sponsor spiel? Yeah, quick, quick. Um, yeah, girlfriend's like, all right, okay, we got yeah. a sponsor. Yeah. Um, shout out to Ico Underwood, who's with Arista Real Estate, uh, res- registered in Virginia. She's single mom, Marine veteran, um, owns a few properties herself. Obviously, she sells helps you you know sells properties and helps you uh, buy or sell properties uh, in the state of Virginia. So um, there's a lot of things going on in the economy. It's a great time to talk to her, learn about how to prepare, um, whether you're looking to buy, sell, or just kind of learn about the market. And uh, we appreciate you, Ico. So yeah, she keeps she keeps some of the lights on. So again, we we appreciate you, Ico. But yeah, let's let's get into it. We we got a special guest. Um, this is long overdue, and I'm I'm excited because this is someone that I've I've looked up to. I've got a ton of admiration and respect and love. Um, he's been a a very big part in my kind of you know development as a basketball player at Herndon and and beyond. Right, just from a different aspect and. Um, I don't know if I've ever just like shared that, how much I've been so grateful for you, man. And, um, you know, you, you've been a, a true blessing in my life and in my family's life. So um, we've got my man, Griffin Harrington. How you doing, Griffin? Honored to be here. It's it's kind of wild to hear you say that, Austin. And for, I mean, for so long, you, what you brought to my high school experience was like, I look back on it like a bit of a dream, like how much fun it was. So to hear that rep, uh, like goes back and forth. I mean, I I looked up to you so much um, in high school too. So it's it's super cool to to hear it goes both ways. Um, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to having the chat. I'm been a, I've been a listener, a uh, long time listener, first time caller. Stoked to be part <laughs> of it. Um, and yeah, excited to chop it up. Yes, sir. Just just a little bit about uh, Griffin. Griffin. Um, Owner of Recreate Box, right? Yep. Um, content creator, photographer. Uh, what else? I don't even know what else to add. You're very funny. I don't. I don't think people like you're a funny person. Like you've got a really good sense of humor. I can see you getting into comedy. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. No, don't you? Don't even dangle it. No, I'm not yeah. even joking. Like you're. It'd you're be bad. Did you ever see any of those stupid uh, cooking show videos I did? So I, I was telling, I was telling, I think it was my brother, Walter, because he, he like would follow him. 
great idea. Like, I don't know why you stopped. I got too good at cooking. That was the problem. Like I, I, (laughs) wait, tell, tell the people. Yeah. So, uh, back I, Oh my gosh. I, I was on the like 19 plan, 19 meal plan a week at Jamie. So I never had to like touch a stove or an oven or anything. And so coming out of school, I like, didn't know the, I didn't, I truly didn't know the first place to start. Um, and as a kid, my mom would always like, she wasn't the best cook herself. She got better, but like when she would try recipes, she would always like set up our family dinners with this phrase of like, don't worry, like here's this new chicken thing, but if it's not good, we'll just order pizza. And so that was something my mom always used to say. Um, and coming out of school, I worked at Discovery. We always, I need to do video projects all the time. I thought like, you know what? I got to like feed myself now. I'm in the world. <laughs> like, wow. let me put the camera on myself. I like learn how to do this is when vlogging was massive on YouTube at the time. And I did these like little vlogs about me cooking. And to this day, I've filmed incredible videos all over the world. Like I've worked with professional athletes. And the thing that like most of my friends just want to talk about now are these damn cooking videos about me, like screwing up how to cook. Like, like one of the first episodes I didn't, I was cooking chicken pasta Mm. and I didn't know you had to, cook the pasta like put the pot boil the pasta like i it's looking back on it it's crazy but in the moment it didn't say boil the pasta for eight minutes on the sheet it just said put the pasta in so i put and so it was this whole series of i probably did 15 of them um and every single one was just massive just a quick sideline on that i sat next to this guy on a plane i was telling him about what i was up to turns out he was the chief the the global chief creative officer for pinterest like wow it's wow. this wild i never talked to anyone on a flight this is one guy i talked to i tell him about if it's not going to short a pizza and he's like it's kind of a that's kind of a cool idea like come into the office pitch it and pinterest put together this like 75 page deck about how i would be a face for a ad campaign that pinterest would do about how it's okay just to like look at use Pinterest to find recipes and just try it. And like, I would have been the face, but then they went, they went a slightly different direction and it didn't work out. But like for, there was like a two month period where <laughs> I was in photo shoots at Pinterest's headquarters in New York, like as the chef who's learning things. So the problem, I, the reason I'm not doing it anymore is because I like just got barely just good enough at cooking that like, especially COVID everyone's yeah. themselves during COVID and COVID would have been the perfect time for me to make episodes. But like, I now know how to, I now know how to use a knife and I know how right. to use it. Like, so it's just these like basics that used to be so funny. Aren't so funny anymore. So the shit that I've, I have like six or seven episodes that I've cut, I've edited that just aren't funny. So they aren't out in the world. Um, but that is, it's, I just come back to that as like the, the silliest little thing that I've ever made. And it's what most people want to talk about. It's so funny. It was amazing, man. I, I was like dialed into them. Like, Let's let's see how Griffin does this time. It was just it was so organic and it was it was it was real. Yeah, man. Uh, do they live anywhere? Are they on YouTube? There's like a there's a YouTube page for them. Okay. Okay. If it's not good, we'll just order pizza. It's a, it's a fun thing. I'll show my kids someday. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I, I was looking for it on Instagram. I was like, I know he posted them on Instagram, but I couldn't find it. I got to dig those out of the archives, man. I never was tapped into them, so now I go back. It was it was such a cool idea, man. I mean, Griffin, you're, you're one of a kind, man. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think a good place to start would be the connection. Yeah, um, when did you guys meet? That's that's what I want to hear. Like, how did you meet? I, when did you meet? Mid, you didn't go to Herndon Middle, right? You went to St. Joe's. I went to St. Joe's. I went to Armstrong Elementary, but then St. Joe's for middle school and came back freshman year to Herndon High. Okay. Well, it, I don't know if you remember. I, I know you don't remember when we met, but I remember when we met. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> Hopefully, you, hopefully it was good. We were playing we were playing two different sports, but we were trying out for the same team. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, I mean, the story of Austin Hamilton starts on the freshman basketball team. Yeah. And that's that's that was like that was a problem in its own right. Like I think me looking back on my experience at freshman basketball, I don't remember the name of our coach. It's like Sheehan. It's, coach it's, Sheehan. When he didn't know how to play, uh, uh, what was it? Knockout. Yeah, yeah. And just like watching the like group to like react to that, it was like okay, Austin, Sean, Raleigh, the guys, Jay, like all of the guys on the team that shouldn't be on freshman are over here, mm-hmm. and like I, I, I had the front row seats to the Austin Hamilton show freshman year, and me and Joel Hagstrom were on what my little brother calls a. Uh, cheek squad on the bench like just riding away i mean dude i scored two points freshman year did you really i had two different free i missed i had two chances at a free throw both (laughs) times i hit one and missed one and that was like that was my that was my box score the entire year was two points and joel joel had a three one time i I do remember hitting a three and that was like he beat me i think it was it was awful but i my the first i I don't know how much you knew about me, but I knew a lot about you that freshman year. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I didn't know you were on the team. I'll be honest. <laughs> my, my mom didn't know. <laughs> hey, oh, what are you doing? I'm just. Uh, I, I, I feel bad. Book club, mom. I feel bad. And, and Marshall, you were on. You were at like a whole different stratosphere at that time you were i was on look look griffin i was just on i was just on the cheek squad on the varsity team man i, I was right there <laughs> with you. you know how much older are you marshall uh i was 09 so i was two years older than you guys okay gotcha yeah so yeah, we, was it was actually whelan's first year it was gotcha. yeah I, I was gonna say i i felt bad because i don't know if you guys heard uh i forget somebody i think it was patrick beverly and he was talking about how like certain stars just affect like so many things across like the NBA with different rosters and stuff like that. Not calling myself a star or whatever, but when it's I all relative, you were it's cool. <laughs> well, when I went down, when I went down because I originally tried out for JV, but when I went down to the freshman team, um, shout out to my guy Ronnie Cook. Ronnie all, always gives me crap for this because Ronnie was like gonna make the team. But once they found out, like, I was going down, Ronnie didn't make the team. I mean, Griffin, you might have got more playing time. Um, That's super true. Yeah, and, and I'm sure. You might have had a chance. <laughs> you you might have had a chance, and, you, you know, you, you might not even be doing what you're doing now. Um, so I, I apologize for not being good enough to uh, to make the JV team. It's all on you. Yeah, it's your fault. It is. Ruining, he's just out here ruining careers. Yeah. But it, so I don't th- – there's so many just – funny stories from that year but do you remember this griffin so i think we might have been at robinson and uh it's halftime i don't know if we were winning or losing probably losing and (laughs) 
I I took the clipboard and I was like drawing up plays and Brad Mank got out his phone and took a picture of it. And like at the time, Marshall, like there wasn't there wasn't things that went viral. Right. But for some reason, Dude, Brad was on the team, right? Brad was on the team. And how Brad did he have was, his phone? Brad was Brad was good. Yeah, I Brad remember. I, I but what was in the locker room? Phone? What was it? we're in the locker room? Oh, okay. All this, right. Again, all right. this just kind of tells you how much of a joke that that year was, but that's not here nor there. <laughs> um, but yeah, he took a picture of me, like literally, like the teams like cuddled up, <laughs> I'm in the middle, <laughs> like, like drawing up a play or something, and like that was probably the first like viral experience that year it surfaced like all around the school do you do you remember that griffin austin i was in the room probably but like i was true i was probably two rows back from being allowed into that circle (laughs) (laughs) like there was like there was there was kind of three teams there there was like you and then there was like the rest of the good guys and then there was like the three of us on the bench yeah Um, i i really we could have gone 20 and oh and i wouldn't have remembered a single thing about that season except for just like being on the bench watching you guys play there wasn't much there yeah no it was it was an experience i do remember you coaching the team though yeah like that stands out and i feel like i don't know revisionist history that might have been like a really good experience for you right like have that leadership be kicked in right away i mean you were coach player as a 14 year old yeah now i talk about that experience all the time like from a leadership standpoint and just like most importantly, man, like building the relationships, um, one with my peers who were in my grade. Cause like, and we'll get into this, our, our class, man, I've never, I've never been in a, in a, 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 a position where we've had like so much genuine support, like amongst the class. Um, like if you, if you reflect on that year, man, like it, it was nuts. Like, you know, people were traveling, you know, like, you know, it, it didn't, it literally like just didn't feel real. And, and I'd say this all the time, playing for Herndon basketball that year was the most fun, the most memorable time that I've ever played um, in, in any of my, you know, basketball career. And then especially as far as the environment, like I got to play at Cameron Indoor dean dome which is wild like all these like just historic places it it, it's doesn't it doesn't come close to herndon on a friday night in the nest like all your peers are supporting you family it's loud billy ozick and and brad manker are cussing out mo ali cox like it, it it just it didn't get any better than that, man. I I I whenever a year or whatever Bo was on, I listened to that episode. And one, yeah. you like basically name checked me, which I appreciate. Thank you. Uh, and yeah. two, yeah. he was he mentioned it like for that middle. Yeah. What team was he on? Middleburg. Middleburg. The Middleburg team. That that game was crazy. That was like it would if it, I mean it was a. I went to JMU. The basketball games were fine. Mm-hmm. It was a much better college environment than like oh, I yeah. just because of the fire in that yeah. was just crazy. Um, and, and, and think Bo about was such a great villain. And think about the storyline because that was yeah. Coach Hall. Coach Hall's back. Yeah. So it was awesome. I mean, it, it there you we guys caught some magic, like for those like two years, your junior and senior year. 
there was like magic there. It really was. It, it really was. Marshall, I know you, you haven't been talking much because no, I'm look, I'm just sitting back enjoying yeah. the conversation, man. Yeah. It's I'm like just, me freshman year on the bench. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. I don't mind, I don't mind playing that role today. Um <laughs> I, I was gonna just say that 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 year, um, and even the junior year, um that was probably the most unified class and and like in this school environment holistically that I've seen. And, and you, know, you guys got a Scotty senior year too. So that's that's I was gonna helpful. say, yeah, I was gonna say I I was there, I was a freshman in Scotty's senior year, which was that was just a whole nother level. I mean, he was that that year was um it, it was like a, it was like a farewell tour. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it, yeah. it was kind of like that. But the thing is, I knew there were players on that team who were haters. There were some people in the school that would say stuff about Scotty and, you know, how he was different and all these other things. Like, and then again, he was the best player in, in our school's history. Um, there wasn't drama with you guys. Like, like Austin said, it was just genuine support. Like my year, Here's the crazy thing. At Austin's three years on varsity, that was the least talented team that he had. Yeah. My senior, senior year, year was my senior year, his sophomore team. year was probably the most talented. Yeah. And it is crazy just saying this. The and this goes to kind of show you how like teamwork and leadership works, but um his his teams got less talented from year to year. And they were still talented. Don't get me wrong, but they were less talented. But they got better every year. Um, and it's and I think part of that has to do with stronger. Yeah, yeah. And it, but but it, but you guys, right? Like not, not just on the team though. Marcus. Yeah, I'm talking about like the the like the, right. the collective. Like my like my class 09, Like we had a bunch of haters. I'm I'm, I'm just gonna keep it real. Like we were real <laughs> clickish. We were really clickish. You know, we had a good we had a good environment. We had like crazy you know, guys at the nest, but they were haters. A lot of them were, um, you guys had a genuine, just like family, you know what I mean? Like that. And that's, that's, that's what I loved about that year. So that's all I wanted to chime in and say, um, because that crap matters, man. Like it really does. And and like he said, it, it was bigger than just the basketball court. Like who let's look at you. Like who, how often does someone who who played freshman and didn't make the other two teams like want to actually film the varsity team and, and be a part of that process? A lot of people would either just be like, oh, I'm just cool being a fan or they, you know, kind of be spiteful. Like, ah, oh, you know, I wish I was on the team. But, yeah. you know, I don't know of anyone who ever has ever done that. And, and that it, was, it was like me and Ben Simpson. Ben got a lot farther yeah, than I did. Yeah. And Ben, like, dedicated his – high school career to the team as well yeah. um and like i think just between that and like the fan base was consistent that's the other part of it is like they showed up every, every tuesday nights friday nights it was there's a it was like this cyclical like the whole circle was was all vibing together mm-hmm. and that it made everybody strong i mean it was i true i do i look back on it so fondly i mean it was like such a fun couple years um and you guys won, which was like the helped. best part of it all. Yeah, it helped. Um, it, we'll get back to the how you kind of got into your photography and stuff. 
Um, what was I? I just lost my train of thought. Uh, but anyway, did it have to do with that season? Yeah. Oh, going back to the support part. Um, just just a little nugget here. Th- this is how crazy like <laughs> our class was just so unified. We went to the first of all, our cheerleading team was the best team. They were they were truly the best in the state. They were like truly the best team. Yeah. Dog, we went to the state championship of cheerleading. Like I went. Like there was a crew. <laughs> no, like I'm not even joking. Like, yeah, there was a crew that it was went, a thing. Like we, we just supported yeah. each other, man. Like it was right. nuts. Like it, it was truly special, man. And I'm again, I, I'm I'm so grateful for it. Um I forgot about that. That was awesome. Yeah, shout out to the class of t- 2011. Um, but so yeah, Griffin, obviously, um, after that incredible freshman year <laughs> basketball season, um, c- can you just kind of talk about, you know, w- what your mindset was after that, knowing that, all right, basketball probably isn't for me, but I, I still want to stay involved somehow. Can, can you just kind of talk about that process and kind of how you just got to where you got to? Yeah, I, um, I gave it a chance. I, uh, I went back out to try to try out for JV, like in those, I guess, summer leagues that would lead up to JV tryouts. Um, I had a, I could tell that coach Wayne was someone I wanted to be around. Um, and so I like try to be as close to it as possible. And he was kind enough to let me play uh, every once in a while. And I played at one of the private schools in a Flint Hill. Flint Hill. Yeah. And I was in the game at a time, like I got put in right away on like the moment from I was subbed in. It was probably 10 seconds later. I was boxing someone out on a free throw line and John Manning comes down with, if you don't know John Manning, he was the six ten when he was 12 years old. I and mean, he was like massive. Um, and Lanky is all get out. And John Manning comes down with a rebound with his elbow and like puts his elbow into my temple. Oh. And I just like, I dropped. Um, I don't remember anything about like that day, most of that week. It was, it was a, it was a real concussion. Oh, um, I don't remember that. Yeah. It's, I, I wasn't much of it. I wasn't, I wasn't a big uh, Herndon basketball, like important player. It kind of, <laughs> kind of just went under the radar. Um, but Whalen was amazing and could tell that like, I still like, I tried to come back out and talk to the team, to the physical therapists or whatever it turned in there like you really shouldn't and we like could tell like I wanted to be still be part of it and so um he helped me like find a role I didn't do any photography before then I didn't do any videography before then and I was kind of like trying to find my way in high school I like did musicals all four years so I was like part of the theater department a little bit I was part of the choir a little bit um and my freshman year because I wasn't very good and I was in, uh, in basketball and I was in choir. I, there was a couple moments where I like definitely felt bullied my freshman year where, um, won't throw anybody in the bus, but at one of the football games, like I got totally sat on, like couldn't move sat on during one of the football games and a bunch of the dudes just like would give me wet willies and fuck like pull like, um, wedgies. Uh, like wedgies like but I couldn't move so I couldn't even get out of it and it was kind of just one like I just came from a a, a different middle school these are people I thought I knew and thought I liked and all of a sudden it was like all right I'm the weirdo I'm over here I'm like 
not part of the cool kids. Good to know. And I remember getting picked up from that football game my freshman year. And I like cried in my mom's car for like 20 minutes being like, I, I don't know what I did. I'm like trying to buy, I'm on the basketball team. I'm like inquire. I don't know how to fit in here. So going into my sophomore year, I didn't really know who I was. I like, didn't, I didn't have like a totally core group and Waylon, I like give so much credit to him. Gave me a chance. He like play, helped me. I helped out as a team manager for a second he had me be the um, videographer, like up at the stands for a little while to kind of just move the camera back and forth. And then one game, I I think it was during a practice, I like just took a couple of pictures and I sent it to him afterwards. And he's like, pretty good. Like, you should do this again. You should come back for the game and sit on the bench and take pictures from the bench. I don't remember how it like shifted, but because Waylon kind of gave me the green light, I just started taking pictures and it was right at that moment where Facebook was everything. Um, and I started this like Griffin gallery back yeah. in the day. And I started putting up some of my own, like, like still life stuff of flowers and whatever. As like, I was like, Ooh, cameras are interesting. And it all happened like that summer, fall, my sophomore year. And then leading into winter, these Griffin galleries started to catch off. I put up, I would put one of like musicals on one day and one of basketballs the next, of basketball the next day and football the next day and lacrosse the next day and like just put up these like pictures. I just, I just started taking a shit ton of pictures, um, and I just kind of felt good about it. looking back. They're awful. Most of them are awful, um, but. I, I, I just, I kept shooting. It was like, it was my version of just getting my shots off. Um, and I just kept shooting and, uh, my sophomore year went well. And then junior year, I kind of like hit a stride. I was like, all right, this is my thing now. Like people aren't bullying me anymore. People want me to post pictures. Like this is, I'm starting to find my rhythm here a little bit. And as all the teams got better and cheerleading hit and I was starting to find some friends, I was like, people would ask me to come to events. Like they'd ask me to come to stuff and that made me feel cool. So I got, I got all excited about it because um, people started to get into it. And then those Facebook galleries, man, that was like, a, that was a high. Oh, oh, one sec. Those, uh, those, those Facebook galleries were just like such a high. Like, I mean, the dopamine hit of getting those likes every night that after you post was, cra- it was, it was crazy. So between that, the social like improvement that photography gave me, um, the high from the social media and then just like kind of tell I was pretty good at it. I just like, I didn't do anything but that for like three years. Like it was just, I went, there was, um, I went to like 250 sporting events in three years Wow, that I took pictures of. So maybe I even went to a couple more, but like I took pictures of 250 Herndon sporting events between my sophomore and senior year. So it just like, I just like went all in. Um, and the core of it was Waylon kind of like yeah. pushing me in that direction, being like, this is better for you. You're better at this than basketball. Go do this. Um, so I, I give him a ton of credit. Man, that's yeah, that's that's amazing. Very, very powerful. Uh yeah, and I I personally didn't know about the bullying stuff. Um, and I'm sorry you had to go through that. Um, it, it's like it's all foundational. It's yeah. like, it was, uh, I don't, 
I don't think about it much. Um, but when I started thinking about like how this all happened, that's like kind of why it's how, it's why it all started. It's not why it continued, but it is why it started. Like once I found something that like became my niche and that's so much of what high school is. Yeah. It's just trying to find something you're good at something you can hold on to something that like feels real. Um, and I found something and it was like, got me a group of friends, got me a little bit of social confidence. Um, didn't get me good grades, but that <laughs> my, uh, my dad reminds me of that all the time. I just, I, I, I mean, going to, I went to events like four or five nights a week. Oh, that, wasn't that wasn't good for homework. So uh, were you getting compensated at all? Like not during nobody ever paid me during, but my senior year, instead of like a graduation party, I threw a Griffin gallery as like my, my graduation party event. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. The part of the Facebook thing was like the parents, the parents were like such a massive part of that where they would encourage me so much to be like one, if they can't show up to a game, there wasn't like just, there wasn't huddle. There wasn't just like streaming of games. So you couldn't like tell what was happening. So a photo from a game was like kind of as good as it got then of seeing the game happen. And also like, I just had a couple parents um, on the team or from Herndon generally that like were super positive and super encouraging. Um, And so on Facebook, like the parents are massive. So at this Griffin gallery through my senior year, I had, dozens to a hundred parents come to this thing. Sometimes most, lots of them without their kids, like Mm -hmm. their kids, my age or younger that I would take that. I took pictures of for years. I mean, and I posted for free and they printed them out and they have them in their house. And I sold like 15 or $16,000 worth of photos at my senior graduation party because parents like, and I, I like, didn't ask for money. I said, I, I, I printed out a bunch of pictures. My dad works in an advertising agency and he like printed out all these pictures of my favorite ones of people. I think there was like seven of Austin. Um, but like my favorite pictures and they were up on this thing and parents would come and ask if I had a picture of my daughter in lacrosse or my daughter in cheerleading or my son in football. And I'd find the photo and I'd send it to them through email and they'd send me $300 for like that photo yeah. but for covering their kids high school career and like posting it for free. So I didn't get paid in the moment, but like it got paid back in spades. And then also just like the confidence, the the yeah. social currency that it, that came with, it was like in, I mean, it was invaluable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got paid. I mean, that's man, that's such a powerful story. And there's, there's so much wisdom that people can get from that. We live in an age where people want to get their return on investment like that, right? Yeah. And the thing is, what I find, and, and it's evident in your example, is the people who get to certain levels and, and get blessed, they're not doing it for that reason to begin with, right? You you did it because it was something that was a passion of yours. Like you said, it, it became, a, became a part of your identity. Um, but what you created, man, was just memories for people that are priceless, right? Yeah. Like it, it literally is priceless. I mean, I I look back and I don't have that that many high school photos, and, and not that I like it, it bothers me, but moms especially. Like I bet moms loved you, dude. I bet moms loved you because yeah. Like, I mean, at this at this thing, it was like my, my mom, my mom loved Griffin. <laughs> 
there was a lot of there was a lot of affection, especially my senior year, when people were like kind of appreciating it. That yeah. like it was, I definitely tapped a nerve with people, um, and that the passion that they had for what I was doing totally spurred my passion. Um, there you go. So it, was a, it was like a reciprocal thing. There you go. And, and how cool is it that like Waylon was, you know, you could say the orchestrator into kind of what what you became. I don't know if he even like would fully agree with that, but it's like, we all need someone at that point in our life to like point us in the right direction. Um, and I've told him this, he's like, I, I, I try to keep him close. He's a, a part of my current company. Um, and that's, it's because I want, I like, I gave him a, I want him to be a part of it because of how much he gave to me. Um, and so I, he, his attitude, the way that he talked to people, he talked to us as like adults when we were 13. Oh yeah. Um, and like, that was the first time someone had done that to me and the way that he approached life, how he looked at life. It's just like a model of who I wanted to be. And then having, I ran cross country for like 20 minutes and having coach Lindsay Whalen as part of my life as well, who was also someone I looked up to, like it was a dangerous duo that was like hitting me from both directions. So I looked up to them a lot and still do. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that 2011 uh, season and, and documentary that, uh, that was supposed to be, I know that's something that I, I've never, I, yeah, I've never heard it from you, Griffin. So like, I know I'm anxious to hear like what happened. And I know anyone from that 2011 class that supported us wants to know what happened because yeah, yeah. like when I tell you like I mean the, the season was just it was perfect and if that was if, if that was documented and and it lived somewhere like honestly like that that could have been like an MTV show like I'm not even joking right I tell people that all the time like it's the last it's, it's the last dance it was the last dance it was like think about the characters though Griffin like Patrick Nick Delgado like John. Wait, those two alone. That's it. That's, that's it. The show. They they had they could have a 30 for 30 on their on their own. Nick Delgado's the rod the Rodman story. Yeah, literally. Like uh, watching the last dance, it's like I got I resonate with that so much because that like that was our team. Like we we were you know we were just open to anyone because we knew like our leadership and the respect that we had, like you know, they would kind of fall in line. Yeah. You know, leadership of myself, Raleigh, John B. So, um, yeah, man, talk about, you know, I guess why you, you started that and, and ultimately what happened. I started it for the reason you just said, it's like a story that was just right in front of me that like was too good not to tell. I mean, the characters, the storylines, the, I mean, you on the rise that you were on, like with the, all the accolades. Um, and then with Ben as well, like Ben and Zach with their, with their radio, like we had the audio part of the story that was like coming alive. Um, and I could do the visuals, the float, like a butterfly sting, like a sting, like a hornet was like my first big swing. Mm -hmm. Um, it was the first time where I like saw 
potential of like a big time project. It's my first time doing anything video like of that magnitude. I had basically just been stills up until then. Um, and I did a little video project, but like, that was like the first like story I was trying to pull together. What happened to the documentary is a story of data management and it's really boring and it's really sad, but I didn't play the rules that I now know yeah. where you don't have everything on one drive. That is like, that's, that's the harsh reality. Yeah. I had a drive that got fried by a cup of coffee. That's like that. Okay. Is, wow. Like a cup of coffee that was next to my computer <laughs> had, back in the day, like 1.2 terabytes of footage on one drive that I had captured. I had everything that's been posted is like the last remnants of it. Um, I'd fried a drive and back then, like now from my time at discovery and this like harsh training I go through that to me, that's like the worst case scenario. Yeah. Back then I was 17 and it was like a crushing moment. Yeah. And admittedly like, it's almost like a dog when it catches the mailman. Like, I don't think I'd ever be able to actually land that plane back then. Like, I don't think I'd ever be actually to tell the story properly. Yeah. So it's maybe a good thing that I just made trailers because it kind of hit the hype at the right time. But I had all this incredible footage that never saw the light of day because it just got fried. Um, looking like I don't I'm almost glad that I didn't put something bad out because of it. That it's this is just me telling myself a story because I need to feel better about it. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was truly it's a data management problem, uh, which just sucks because it's boring. But it's the tr it's it's I, I I've never lost footage ever again. I was gonna say I know you, I know you learned your lesson from that. On my table now, I've got like th thirty five terabytes of footage, and there's an exact replica offsite in a different location. <laughs> I now have learned my lesson thanks to float like a butterfly sting like a hornet. That's too long of a name, too. Yeah, but it was on it. It was it was a fun idea, but it uh it should have got left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> so I, I want to tell you why that that was special to me, even the, even just the trailers and the pics. Uh, I was a sophomore in college at that time. And um what was what was awesome was we were having the best season that we had ever had in school history. Austin's having, you know, an amazing year. The team's having an amazing year, but, but I wanted to be there. Right. Like yeah. it killed me that I could not, I think I showed up the one game that year because I was in season. So I was kind of watching him and the team thrive through your lens. Yeah. Um, so it was special to me, man. It really, it really, uh, uh, hit home with me because, you know, from the time he literally either we played together or I was at his games. That's literally how it yeah. always was until I went to college. So um, you helped you helped me kind of, you know, see what I wish I could have saw in person. Um, it sucks that obviously, you, you know, didn't finish. Hey, that's but in the moment. You can, go, you can go listen back to Ben and Zach's take of it all. If you want to relive it a different way, they have all their stuff. Yeah, that'd we'll, be dope we'll, to hear. Yeah, we'll have to get Ben on. Um, I, I was I was telling my dad that we we're uh, having you on Griffin, and I was just reflecting back on that. Like, we we literally, we literally had like, like like what NBA teams have, like a radio show, 
uh, a team photographer, videographer, like, and this was in high school. And at the time, yeah, we didn't really know kind of what we had started. But if you look at it now, like colleges didn't have that back then. They now have it. NBA teams didn't, you know, I guess formally have like positions like that. It's kind of the level of what a G League team has today. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty it was much. wild. I mean, we were because we were posting within like 30 minutes of the game. Crazy. So like that I, I remember Ben and I like going into just like blinder stress mode after yeah. the final tip to like jump back in the car, get home, do the quick edit, upload to like beat everyone getting home so they could see the pictures and the audio and the take oh of the news. It, it looking back, I mean, it was like the ultimate like professional experience that we were just doing for fun that I replicated for years after that without knowing what I was doing. I mean, that's like the exact same motion and timeline that I had to do when JMU made it to the NCAA tournament and was playing Indiana, like in the NCAA tournament. It was like the same exact process that I'd literally been doing since I was 15. Like it's, but it, I just, I had a hundred games under my belt of doing it. So I got really good at it. And like, that led to the stepping stones of my career afterwards as well. The Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours, you know, concept. Totally. So what was your favorite moment um, from that season? I know that obviously, you know, we can talk about the championship and, and all those things, but I'd be interested, interested to hear from your perspective, you know, being someone that played with a lot of those guys on the freshman team to you know, getting into the photography and videography and just seeing how that season transpired. What what would, what would be your top moment? I think something that I took um, that still is like inspiring is like the games were amazing. The South Lakes games, the like Robinson games, all these big rivals were always, were amazing games to be a part of. I felt like, felt like I was part of the team, but I felt like I was part of the team because I got to, you guys gave me access to like, which nobody else would give that kind of access to a photographer. Like, I mean, you, I was in every locker room. I was on every bus. I was like on, I was at practices sometimes just to like be part of the group. Um, Like when I look back at that season, I think about it's, I, there's a series of black and white photos that I took of you guys walking out of Herndon onto a bus. And like, that's when I think about, that when I think about that group, it's like those are the folk like the focus moments before games that I got access to because you guys allowed me. I mean, thinking about it, you're a 17 year old. You're like dealing with your own shit, and you let me point a camera at you for like three hours leading up to a big game that like you had to you kind of put had to put your own blinders on so that you weren't messing with like the ego that I was giving you. But like you were able to go through it and kind of see past me. And that's that's something that like happens in the NBA, happens in college. But you were 17. And some of the freshmen on that team gave me this like Dorian and um, DeAndre. DeAndre, yeah. like they gave me the access to them. There were 14, 13 year olds that like let me be part of, let me do my job when you were focused for your job. And those, that's when I think about like our, experience it's like those moments not sure there's incredible on court moments but my favorite work the work that like got me into college is the behind the scenes 
of a basketball and football team because in the football team gave me the same access my senior year. And like those images are literally what I used to like showcase my eye. And so that's, that's how I see those seasons are like the trust that you guys gave me and watching you guys get locked in for a game, watching you go through the process at half times, watching you guys be like part of it. I think there was only like once or twice where so I don't know if it was you or Raleigh was like, you're not coming in this one. Like <laughs> that maybe only happened like once or twice during a halftime. Um, probably Raleigh. Probably Raleigh. Probably Raleigh. <laughs> not Sounds now. like Raleigh. Not now. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the access you guys gave is what I, is like the trust that we built is like what I remember about that year. And then all your big time shots, but uh South Lakes. South Lakes was amazing. Those oh, games were crazy. So fun. You and beat then, them. It's the yeah. best. You mentioned the, the black and white photos. The Probably the for me and um, Jonathan and Raleigh, I'm sure you remember, it's a photo of us three. Yeah. Of our bags on. Walking out the side door. Walking out the side door. And that was actually the... Um, district championship i don't know if you remember that but that was the game i don't even remember what game it was i just remember that image and like the focus you guys were in so yeah. they making it go to the district championships yeah. like an even bigger thing yep yep that was a district championship game and and that was really i would say i mean it would have been cool if Whelan was in that picture but like us three you know the the three kind of three-headed monster right like yeah um and, and the funny part about it is like we're all like I mean, I'm like 5'10", and then Riley's 5'8". Right. Like, we're the smallest guy on the team, but, you know, the, the three biggest. Looking role. back at Chantilly, they seemed like they were all seven feet tall. I mean, they were. Like, they were monsters. They was the monsters. They were literally the monsters. Manning, Manning was 6'11", Jake Wiegand 6'9". They had an Asian kid who was like 6'11". Like, again, like. Storyline. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's nuts, man. Like you couldn't have written a better story. And, um, and I have to say this, you were a part of the team, Griffin, like you were a part of the team. And if you were to ask anyone on that roster, yourself, Zach, Ben, Annie, um, Emily, like y'all were all a part of the team. And you guys let us cut down the banner with you or cut down the, the, yeah, the net, the the net. Yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. Like that's, that's, we let their photographer take down the net. That's special. Yeah. And and I'll say this, I'll say this publicly. Um I, I think you should get your jersey like something should be retired. I'm not like I'm not no, I'm not joking, man. Like you like you said, the, the memories that you created for for people like the moms, Marshall, right? Like you should be you should be memorialized for that, man. And um, I'm going to do, I'm going to do my part to, to push for that. I'm going to um, cut this clip and send it to somebody. No, That's seriously. Happen. I'm, not, I'm not even joking. Cause I, I mean, I, I, there's a man, like Hall had a manager, put a manager on the wall. I'm not going to get into that, but um, yeah, man, you, you need, and I'm, I'm glad we're doing this because your story needs to be shared because it's powerful. And we haven't even got into kind of what, what you're doing now and what, what you've done. But yeah, it was just, it was just truly special, man. Like I can't, that's, it's really nice. It's, 
It's wild and, to hear you say that. And, and the thing that is that one of the reasons why um, I, I, I thought it would be special to have you on, I didn't know at some point you played basketball. I didn't know when it when it ended. It wasn't very uh, long. It wasn't very I long. I knew you played. Yeah. I knew you played at some point. And, I mean, we train a ton of kids. Um, we know a ton of kids that are in that, like, 11 to 14-year-old range where you kind of still have a – a glimmer of hope that you're going to be something in basketball, but um, reality will hit, you know, at yeah. some point. And a lot of kids struggle finding their identity after that. They get into things they shouldn't, totally. or they just don't really know how to stay involved with the game. Right. They love it. They, they may not be the best or, you know, it, it could be other things. Maybe they were good enough and just something didn't go their way, but I want, uh, hopefully some kids are listening to this and, you know, knowing that there's another way to stay involved and, you know, I, just looking back in, in high school, I don't know how it is today, you know, theater wasn't necessarily the cool thing to do. The arts wasn't necessarily cool, not at Herndon at least, but cool is overrated. Right. I mean, we'll get into your, where you're at now, but you're doing better than, I don't know, probably like 99% of, your class, your graduating class. So I think that's, that's something that's special about your story is um, you just, you, you found something that you were passionate about and you paired it with something that you were still passionate about. Um, and it led, and it led to, you know, a lot of this stuff we'll talk about here, uh, you know, totally. in the near future. So uh, kids, there's always another option. Um, and not just kids. I mean, there may be even high school varsity and college players who are looking to stay involved in the game. I mean, Ben's a showcase. He, he like, he wanted to stay on the team longer and just like between health and everything, like he pivoted and it landed him what he's doing now. And he's killing it in his own world in the same thing. It's like the same story. It's there's a couple versions of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Austin, I I don't know if you had something you wanted to transition to, but I, I did think it would be a good time to talk about, um, your brother Liam and uh, his connection and your family's connection to, to Luca Garza, who uh, in our eyes is a traitor and should have went to her. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> hey, I tell, I, tell, I tell him that all the time. <laughs> so uh, first shout out to Liam, man. Liam, Liam was my guy at a young age. He could always hoop and I could see the potential that uh, that he had. Unfortunately, he went to one of my college rivals, CNU. Um, but uh, yeah, sh- shout out to Liam. And again, I thought it'd be good, um, good, good for the people to hear how you know Luca and um, kind of what that connection is like. This podcast is being brought to you by Ico Underwood with Arista Real Estate. Ico is a Virginia native, Marine veteran, and a real estate professional who recognizes and values the trust her clients place in her and strives every day to exceed their expectation. Ico's enthusiastic, can-do attitude and caring nature is ideal for identifying each client's desires and skillfully guiding them to fulfill their real estate goals. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, long-time homeowner looking to sell, or anything in between, Ico Underwood with Arista Real Estate can help you with your real estate needs. Yeah, 
Um, well, uh, until I was like 17 or 18, Austin was my fair player. And then like the second we graduated, Liam became my fair player. Um, and even, even before then, but like Liam's six years younger than me. So he was like 11, 12 when we left high school and he started playing travel and I, he was next up. He, he was was like watching, going to those travel games, going to his, just all the, I tried to be there as often as I could. Um, one, because I wanted to be in two, cause I got to relive, I got to live vicariously through him. Um, mm. if I was six, four and had his stuff, I'd be dangerous. <laughs> I think of myself as like a, a very small, very, very poor man's Aaron craft. And Liam, uh, <laughs> Liam was like everything I wanted to be and more. And so I got to live through him and I got to like, I like to think I taught him the first three things he learned about basketball. And then he learned everything else from you guys. He learned it from you two. He learned it from Scott. He learned it from all of the Herndon like uh, camps he went to. Um, and he could beat me probably right when I graduated high school. Like he could just tear me apart. Um, and so watching him go through his travel days and his AU days and into his Herndon days, if it's hard to say I had more fun than I did during my senior year watching you guys play, but like I had probably 10 times more fun sitting on the sidelines, not with a camera in my hand for some of it, but like watching Liam just like tear apart people his junior and senior year. I mean, it was just like, it was so much fun getting to watch those games. And I I got like, I didn't get to see as much of it when I was in school, but I came back to work in DC and got to watch his, I think it was his senior year. I got to go to like at least half of the games um, and be, be there when he, when he like really became his own. And when he had his own uh, time to like lead the school and be the guy. Um, So being part of being able to watch Liam from the sideline, like was unbelievably inspiring. He did. So, I mean, he was just, he was so good. It was so much fun. Um, and he had, he, I just think he played the game the right way. I'm super biased, but like he played the game the right way. He had a really good attitude about it. He like was a team player. He and Michael Griffin, there going back and forth. Um, talk about retiring jerseys. I really wish they retired both. I wish they went higher. Cause then it would have been Griffin Harrington on the, <laughs> on the wall. If they've got their jerseys retired, right. yeah. which like, then it would have been, we wouldn't have had to have this conversation. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, watching being part of Liam's rise and getting there to like um me and Michael Griffin's sister would sit together at away games because I would we would go crazy together, like yelling at refs. And because I'd seen the same refs for years now. Right, right. Like same guys from you guys, same guys from when Scotty played, and I would go to those games. Like I'd they kind of knew the rest. They kind of knew me. They weren't sure why I wasn't on the baseline taking pictures. So they were weird. It was weird that I was yelling at them when I used to be like really differential. <laughs> um, but I would go crazy. And uh, the Griffins as a family had to walk me out to my car a couple of times because I was being so crazy at away games, um, talking shit that I should not have. <laughs> uh, but the Griffins have my back. So I'll, I'll, I got to give them a shout out. But they... Um, Watching Liam play was like truly one of my favorite times. And my whole family got into it. I mean, it was like, it was amazing. And, and Liam might not even like Liam is an incredible athlete, but like watch, I just got us. Cause the Hornets nest also had all their volleyball games. 
my sister was a varsity four-year uh volleyball player at Herndon captain like just a monster I mean she's taller than me and she like could she dominate the volleyball so like the I had my own time at uh on in the hornet's nest then my sister had her time and dominated she could have played college volleyball if she wanted to she was incredible um and like a menace she just like had a attitude that was inc- made her so good at it but just like something that Liam and I didn't have like she Liam, had that dog in her she, she had that dog in her like <laughs> Liam, Liam Liam had a bit of that but like my sister it was it was a was like got in the zone and was amazing and then could turn it off but like when she was on the court she would kill you um and uh and then Liam had his moment where like in the sun so we the three of us had our even if there's just one Harrington jersey up there we can say if it's for all there three. you go I'll take that uh but then Luca, I mean, going to that, um, <laughs> back at Armstrong Elementary, when Liam and Le- Liam and Luca are the same age, Luca grew up in the neighborhood, um, and we were at Armstrong's carpet carpeted basketball court, yeah. and Liam and Luca were in kindergarten and got put on the same team, um, and Liam was like head, heads away the best player of this group, where my dad used to have to like tell the coach to take him out because they were up like 45 points in a kindergarten game. Um, and then Luca got added to the team. And so it was like Liam, this like killer point guard and Luca, this like, I mean, he was in kindergarten. He might've been like five, five. Like he was, he was tall for, he was truly like shoulder length above everybody else. So Liam and Luca kind of saw each other as like equals early. Um, and they just had like a great friendship. Um, they like saw they got to rise together. They like went through most of their young times together. They were at all the camps, um, played a lot on the same teams. They played a little bit when they were in middle school, but they just stayed super close. Um, when Luca was like 12 or 13, he he spent a lot of time in our house one summer. And I knew that because there was like these boats outside. His shoes were just like so much bigger than all of my dad's six four. Liam six. Hey, I remember your dad's big. Six three. My sister's tall. I'm not, but like whatever. Like, but we're all we're kind of a big family. And Luca's shoes were just crazy. So Luca spent a lot of time at our house that summer and I knew he was there because of his shoes. Um and Liam and Luca got really tight. And there's one night I like it was right at the time we were doing this. I shot this like fake Nike commercial of Liam and Luca out on a court in the backyard. And they're both 13. Like, they're like, why are we doing this? This is so weird. I'm like, I literally told them like, you're going to love this someday. Um, and it's like them. I have in the storyline, I have Liam crossing Luca up and going for it, which looking back, is just really funny. Um, <laughs> uh, it should have gone the other way around, but uh Luca was a great, I mean, he was a great kid. He was always around. He was such a, a, a light. And then Liam, they like went different directions for, for school, but they like, they stayed super tight. I mean, they like, they stayed really good friends. And then my whole family just became like massive Luca fans from Ray. And then to Iowa, like it got, we kind of got surprised one year. Yeah, he, I was going to, I was going to ask her, did you know, like he, did you know early that he was going to just take off like that? No. Yeah. I didn't. I, I, thought, like I always knew he was good. I always, and Murray, like, Liam got to play Murray his senior year. I they played that. against yeah. each other. They, didn't um, they beat him? No. Murray beat Herndon. Okay. Um, but it was, it, like, Liam played well. It was a good game. Luca's just, Luca was dominant. But, like, he was six, 
10, 6, 11. Like he was taller than everybody. So they, and he had a couple of good guards. So they were, they were good, but I didn't think they were great. Yeah, um, I remember it, it was a close game. It wasn't a blowout. Yeah. yeah it, it was, it was a good game. And then Luca went to, I thought we have our, um, we're all biased. I thought Luca would get like ghost. I didn't think I was, was like a great basketball school. Um, it was good. I mean, it was amazing at big 10, like it's great. But when he went there, he kind of, he had a good freshman year. He had a better sophomore year. And then all of a sudden that junior year, like he went, he went crazy. And that year we, my family and I had this like group chat where every night, every time Luca was playing, it was like, we're all just like live tweeting essentially in this group chat, the game. Um, it was just like, we just became like super fans overnight of the Iowa team. We thought we watched every game. Um, it was just really cool to have someone that like we knew so closely growing up for so long, like kind of hit it. And then the next year, somehow he got better. Um, it was, it was amazing to watch. It was, it was, and it couldn't have happened to a nicer kid. He's just like, he's a good dude. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to follow and it's been a lot of fun to follow him as he tries to figure, as he figures it out in the NBA. Right. Austin, I don't know if you remember this, but for those who don't know, um, we have some of the best summer runs at Herndon High growing up, right? From honestly going all the way back to like when I was in high school, probably before that. And um, at Funny, this point, I never got I never got that invite. You know what, man? Yeah. Should have had you come through. Um, no, that's that's what. Well, for the for the basketball, I, don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I went to a couple of them with a the camera, but I never. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know. We definitely because you know what, Austin and I would talk a lot. This is just a quick side note, but we would talk a lot in our uh, in, in 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 our college summers, um, but even after about having like a like a vlog, we're like we should have Griffin just come by the crib, have like see us act stupid, and then. See us work out, see us play, you know, pick up at Herndon. Um, we would talk about that all the time, but we just never made it happen. Um, but but anyways, uh, this is a couple times. I came a couple yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the whole like vlog, like, you know, we never yeah, never made that that fully happen. But um make a long story short, I want to say it was that summer going into Lucas junior year that he came and hooped with us at Herndon and he he didn't miss from three like the whole I, day. I, I vividly remember, and I was like, because I, I you know I I've heard about him, I've seen him play again. He was a traditional post, right back to the basket, very yep. fundamentally sound. But I just remember vividly, he just was not missing, and I and we thought it was like, and you know we're one we're in the heat of the battle, we're and we don't lose, we we don't like we don't lose at Herndon like that, sure. Um, pickup wise, like we rarely lost, so we lost. I remember he hit like a. Uh, uh, three in the corner, and uh, we were like, "Man, that was a fluke." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just off like the competitive juice, and we're like, where, "Where did this come from?" But like you said, going into that next year, definitely wasn't a fluke. I mean, um, he put he truly he like put in the work. Like he between you said it, he's like one of the most fundamentally sound players. I, that's the reason he won everything in college. Is he's just like he played the game the right way. He like learned the game from the ground up and that's him and his dad. 
um, just like drilled all the time. Um, but once he had that shot that like just kept extending and kept going back, like, I mean, NBA players aren't able to guard, guard that shot. Like the couple of times he's gotten his time in the NBA, like he's able to shoot it over anybody and like finds his way to get open. And if he's got two, three feet of space, that shot's going up and it goes in like more than, more than, more than you would think it would based on all of his attributes. That's like, it's his secret weapon. Yeah. But Marshall, I I remember that pickup. I'm not going to say his name, but uh, another post who he might be taller around the same height. He's, he was more athletic than Luca, but Luca was giving him the business. And I was mad in the same conference. Yeah, they did. Um, But I was so mad because we're talking about now. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think you do. But um, I was so mad because I'm like, yo, like you're just letting this, this college kid, like he's slow. Like you're just letting him kill you. And like, when I say like, he was like, he, Luca probably had like, he had the majority of their points. Yeah. Or maybe we're playing to 11 ones and twos. He probably had like seven or eight points Crazy. all on, all on him. And I'm just like, dude, like, but I mean, it, it made sense. Cause he's, he's where he's at where, you know, for a reason. You guys follow like everything so closely. Like where, do, where do you see him landing? You were to predict the future with Luca. I, I think he'll, I think he'll, I think he can play in the NBA. Like I, I honestly think that um, it's, it's, I mean, you know, Griffin is this opportunity and timing, man. Like, I think, you know, the way he can shoot it, I think, um, you know, his attitude, he's a worker, he can score in the post. Um, the only thing with him is defensively, like, is he going to be able to guard the ball screens and like, you know, get out to contest um, at a, at a high level. But I I think he can play in the NBA. Any, anyone who, anyone who, was a player of the year, a four-year college player. They know how to play the game, and they'll adjust. Right. So, like, I, I'll, I'll go with that any day. If you, I mean, uh, if you can average thirty, yeah, like you can, like you can play the, it. In. The scoring with him is the like is the X factor that he just needs. A, he just needs a chance. The he needs ten straight games yeah. to play and show that he can walk off with like 10, 12, 15 points a game. <laughs> and I, and I'll say this. And I don't I don't know him personally, but from what I've seen, he's a confident dude. Like he, he's a confident dude. So I, I feel like once he gets his chance, um, I mean, even Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, like is, is a fan of him, right? So like once he gets his chance, man, I, I'm excited to see it because I, I think I think he'll flourish. I'd love to I got see with the Spurs. I, I think the Spurs would be a good fit because in my opinion, he needs to play um with a, a team that isn't a contender, right? Because he'll get more opportunities. Yep. But he needs to play for a coach that values how to play the right way um, and and kind of can see, uh, you know, the certain attributes that he has. Because he, in a way, he, he has kind of a European-style game, um, very fundamental, can shoot it, great passer, um, so and I, I think, think anybody who can harness uh, that kind of game, it's pop. It's pop. Yeah. So I, I'd love to see him with the Spurs, you know, uh, that's, 
that's the, the fit that I think makes the most sense or one of his or one of Pop's, you know, protégés, right, that are that are coaching. Right. Which is everywhere now. Yeah, yeah. Now, now it's everywhere. But regardless, you know, he's going to have a bright future. Um, you know, he may I'm be, a lifelong fan now. It's like yeah, it's a ton yeah, I mean, of fun. He, like, he may be on your board of directors someday. Who knows, right? Um, <laughs> there you go. I got to um, I got to shoot his draft party, and like being part of that crew was like it was special. It was another full circle moment where someone I like got to watch grow up, and then being there at the big moment on the big day. Um, it was a it was a great celebration. It I wish he went a little bit higher, but like everybody in the room did, and I'm. Uh, I'm just, I'm, it was amazing to watch this kid who like I watched on a carpet floor <laughs> go to pl- get drafted in the NBA. Right. Um, it was a, it was a cool story. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. So let's, uh, let's end with, with, with the referee, man. And, um, you know, well, before, before, before we end with that, I, I got to ask, man, cause you, you've, you've been around, I mean, some goats, man, like, you know, LeBron. True. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get into this. You know, just some of the all-time greats. Like any any stories from like, you know, just maybe some just wow moments. Cause I'm sure like you may have had them, or maybe not, I don't know, but like are there any like just cool stories that that you'd love to share from whether it's sports, your time of discovery, like whatever. I mean, there's a bunch. Um there's Basketball was always something so fun that I could, um, I knew it. I love the game. And like all of a sudden getting to like work with the best, some of the best players in the world, like be part of it. There's like a couple stories that stand out. There's one where um, I worked a lot with Aaron Gordon, um, especially when he played with the Magic. Um, I got tied into his agency and just got to work with him a lot and be there physically and go to a bunch of the games. Um and after one of the games when they were playing the Lakers, uh, I had an opportunity to like kind of be in the back and like kind of just be surrounded by it all. And there was this group of people that all kind of went into the Lakers locker room and I just kind of shouldered in and I was there and it was Anthony Davis and LeBron and like all the guys were just like there. And I'm, I mean, I'm 15 feet away, kind of listening to the banter and stuff. I have moments where I was like, oh my God, I gotta like, I gotta tell Liam. Like he's gonna, because he's, he's playing college basketball at the time, and he's like, he's. I know he's. I know he had a game that or the game the next day, so I know he's with the group. And so I text him like, "You'll never believe where I am right now." Um, and he's like, "Dude, Facetime me, Facetime me." I'm like, "If I get caught with a phone in the Lakers locker room, like that's like jail time. Like I can't right, do that." Right. So I step outside and I like kind of I Facetime him and showcase like, "Oh, I'm right here." Like I was just in the door, and. Liam and his buddies are so funny. Like, I'm like telling him, like, I'm like, I'm 10 feet from LeBron, I'm 15 feet from Anthony Davis. And all Liam wants to see is show me Alex Caruso. <laughs> <laughs> and so Alex Caruso is right next to me. And like I I like kind of have a selfie with Alex Caruso for a second. And like that's that was just this hilarious moment where I'm like 10 feet from LeBron, and all Liam and his buddies give a shit about us, Alex Caruso. Um a, that, that was dope. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, that was, that was an awesome moment. Um, and there was just a bunch of stuff like that. Like I got to, um, be, uh, part of the group that like was there during the time that Aaron Gordon 
got totally robbed during the uh, dunk contest oh, uh, at all-star so like i got to be part of like go to the parties that weekend it was it was unbelievable it was like a dream come true being in the, like going to scotty pippen's chicago party and like being just being in the room with all these guys um like jordan, talk, jordan wasn't there but like literally everybody else was um like we did an interview uh for this this company I was working with at the time. And it was like, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, um, Danny green, just like a ton of these like massive legends. There's one moment where we had a scheduled sit down with Carmelo. We do the interview real quick. He's super cool. He gets up and I go run to go grab a, a glass of water. And I come back like 90 seconds later, and Chris Paul looks at me and is like, where you been? Like, we've been waiting for you. And I'm like, I, he, he was waiting on me for 30 seconds. And it was like, I like caused an affront. So I have to have this moment where I'm like trying to handle Chris Paul. Like just, it's all, it's all good. Those take no time. Like just gotta like turn it on. Like it was, there was a couple of those moments where it was just nuts. Um, and then. Uh, you can work with Kevin Love, right? Oh man. Kevin, like. In another world, I could see Kevin, this is like crazy to say out loud, but like, I could see Kevin Love being one of my best friends. Like he's, he's like that cool of a dude. He just so down to earth. I did this shoot where it, I used to work for this company called Close Up 360. It was this thing where we'd like do off the court. Yeah, yeah I followed it. Yep. It was a lot of fun. Um, and one of those pieces was about Kevin and his like mental health journey and how he like had used an, uh, a this trainer um, to like, get right and this guy was like part of his mental health and physical health and so we went to kevin's apartment in soho in new york and his girlfriend opens the door and it's kate block the cover model of sports illustrated a swimsuit edition and i'm like hey kate and kate's like oh can i get you something like you want to come can i show the apartment like she has no she thinks i'm like way cooler than i am and so she like kind of does the song and dance and like brings me around showcases all their stuff in the apartment and Kevin walks in and sits down super cool. He's got this great dog. And like, there was a moment where it was just like Kevin love Kate block their dog and me sitting in this apartment, just like chopping it up for like 10 minutes. Um, and afterwards, Kevin followed me on Instagram and, uh, we had like a dozen back and forth Instagram DMS for like two weeks there. There's just like random shit. He, I, we like hit it off, but like the, I think the cyber truck came out that week. So like I mentioned that, like, you should get one. And he's like, I think I will. He DMs me a screenshot of him putting a deposit down for the cyber truck. And I'm like, am I friends with Kevin Love now? Is that what just happened? Um, and so I tried to keep it alive for a while, but we haven't, we haven't Kevin and I haven't talked in a while. Um, but, uh, just moments like that where it's just like, you kind of have to pinch yourself for a second. One, remember people are just people like they're just like, especially at that level where I think the moment that, um, that I, I was able to just have like a completely normal conversation with them. I tried to be as cool as possible and it sounded, it felt like it resonated and it was just a great connection. Um, the last one, I don't want to just do this forever, but the last one that I had was not basketball, but uh, I would get to do these like little random shoots every once in a while. One was for a dog show in New York. 
And I did it because it was one of those projects that just paid well. And so I did it, one for that, but two, one of the people from Queer Eye was going to be there, like one of the stars. And it was like, I'd be following around if you ever see the show. It's like one of the guys is there and he's famous. So sure, I'll add it to the portfolio. I'll go hang out with him. And he walks in with a group of people into this like back room. We're playing with Wait, dogs. Well, can I stop you? When you say like, are you get booked and you, you hang out, like what does that even like entail? Like, are you just like following them? Yeah, I'm doing what you just described with the vlog of hang out. Okay. Like it's like, it's me in the room. I have to like become part of the, it's, Honestly, I learned it by doing a wedding photography for so long that like I have to become someone's best friend immediately and like be <laughs> part of their inner circle. Yeah. Um, and so when I get when I do these like behind the scenes shoots, it's like they've got to feel comfortable in the way that you guys did with me on your bus it, going to the district game. I've got I've got to become immediately comfortable with them so that they show their true personality in a moment. So I and I did that thousands of times with people over the careers, like just become really close with the person and then have they have to put their walls down so I can get real content of them. Um, so at this dog show is one of those things where like I'm getting introduced to the group and I see the famous guy, I've got my eyes and I'm trying to like have that banter real quick. And there's like a corgi or something at my feet. And this girl on my left, like kind of ta- like starts up a conversation and I'm like focused on the famous guy in the room, like playing with this dog. This girl's asking me like, Oh, like, do you have a dog? Do you, do you want a dog? And I mentioned like, Oh, you know, me and my girlfriend, like someday we'll get a dog. Like I, uh, our apartment's too small. And we like have like a, just a two minute back and forth. I'm totally blowing her off. I don't think I even look at her and like, I've got my eyes on the queer eye famous guy. They all walk out and my producer comes up to me and is like, do you have, like, I can't believe you just talked to her. Like, do you have any idea what you just did? I'm like, no, I'm talking to the queer guy. And she's like, no, you just had a three minute conversation with Gigi Hadid. And I'm like, what? I like, I, I completely brushed off Gigi, like had absolutely no interest, had no idea who she was. I'm telling her about my girlfriend. I'm like, like we're talking, we're talking bullshit about dogs. It was just this hilarious. It was just one of these like moments that just <laughs> comes and goes. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of like random moments like that that happened over those years um, and still happen every once in a while. But it was being a photographer puts you in the room with a lot of fun people. And I tried to hang on as best I could. Yeah. No, and I'm sure it'll only get weirder, you know, yeah. throughout time. So we'll, we'll definitely have you on so we can hear some more cool stories. But um, yeah, Marshall, I know you had a question. Yeah, I mean, it was really just a comment. I mean, like. Well, two things. He started off his story talking about how, how he was bullied and wasn't really in the in crowd. And then he's just telling a story and about how he's talking to Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul and in all these different places. And the, the thing that I love about it is it hasn't really changed you, right? You're not like, oh, I'm Griffin Harrington now, right? Because a lot of people who would have gone through what you've gone through would, you know, you know, kind of go through that. Um, what's that? Well, I don't know the right term from for it, but you know, now I'm on top, right? And now you guys it's are dated. Yeah, exactly. Now you yeah. guys are are beneath me, right? Um, but then the other thing was, as I alluded to earlier, when it comes to getting involved in uh, something outside of sports, I mean, looking at you guys that we know, like Rob uh, Banez. 
you know, it's a great time to get into this field because the thing is, like you mentioned, all these big time people, or just people in general, they're going to want their stuff documented, right? It's it's all, In this day and age, it's almost like it didn't happen if you don't have someone documenting it. It's wild. So yeah. It, it's a, it's, if you're, shoot, even if you hoop or do any type of sport, I mean, you can still do this on the side. I mean, I, I just, I think we, we get narrow-minded as athletes and as people. And just your story is just a testament that, like, there's so many different ways to 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 just succeed and and just you know live a great life. So that's that's all I wanted to say. Um, just kind of compare, like, man, you went from that to this, and uh, a lot of people would have changed, and you haven't. So do that though to kind of just jump on that real quick. Like something that I've noticed and is def- I've leveraged in my career is that the tools that we're given in this digital age is like storytelling is now available to the masses and and mass storytelling is available to the masses. Like the ability to talk to ability for one person to talk to many people is something that's like new as of the last 15 years um, at the scale that it's available. And I think I got lucky. And I think a lot of people in my generation like capitalized at the right moment where they leveraged that new platform that's available to them and talked about anything. Like you could talk about cooking, you can talk about basketball, you could like, as long as you tell a consistent, um, uh, relatable, real story and leverage these social platforms where one person can talk to many people, an audience will find you. You don't need to go find the audience, an audience will find you. And so like to that, and that's still true, like the platform changes, but the rule stays the same that like what I was doing on Facebook is what people are doing on TikTok today. And like that it's the, it's the exact same line um, with slightly different tactics, slightly different like executional styles, but that ability is actionable in any conversation, any industry, any topic, any activity. Um, Like truly, if you just capture and tell a story of what you're doing, the audience will find you if you're consistent it doesn't have to be good. It just has to be consistent. Um, and that's something that like I leveraged and try to continue to use is like, that's, that's new. And we're the first generation figuring it out. We were the Guinea pigs, but if you can like find a way to hold on to it, you can like kind of becomes like a life hack. You can kind of put yourself wherever you want. If you're able to like leverage the tools of today. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, And (laughs) you, you answer the question without me even asking, but I was going to ask you like, what, what advice would you give to like young, you know, content creators, photographers, whatever. And you answered it, man. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of, it's like, it's it's in the way the basketball is shooting your shot. It's like, you just got to like shoot. Um, And that can be whatever you do. It's like, just, just try it. And so I'm not saying anything new, Um, but, and the reason that it's like, sounds like a cliche is because it's true. It's like, it's just, Whatever you're doing, you just got to do it a lot and do it frequently, um, which is the same thing. But like, you know, you just got to you, you just got to try. Um, and I tried singing. Didn't work out either. Um, tried basketball. And then the third try kind of happened. Um, and so. Third, third time. Try. Third yeah, time. there you go. There you go. L- last thing, uh, Recre, can, can you just kind of talk about that, the origins and 
you know, uh, what, what I'd love to hear. I'd love to like get your, I mean, it's what I'm doing now is a left field, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it is like out there compared to who I've been for the last decade. Right. Like, what, am I like, from your perspective, am I crazy? No, no, no. I mean, when I first saw the LinkedIn post, I immediately was like, that's a great idea because I'm thinking, you know, especially someone who's like a student athlete who doesn't really, well, I'll say this, we shouldn't be doing everything a regular student's doing. And uh, sometimes we're bored, especially during winter breaks, right? And we need something constructive and fun to do without, you know, putting ourselves in a position to get in trouble. And it's like uh, pretty much a vending machine for just activities, movie, whatever. Yep. I mean, I just think about our winter breaks and for a college athlete, winter break is probably the worst time that you could, you could have. Were you ever there uh, Griffin during winter break, like with the basketball team? I don't think so. Yeah. It's it's terrible. There's no one on campus. Nobody's there. There, I mean, depending on the, depending on the school, the cafeteria sometimes is closed. Yeah. And it's, and when you go to a school, your parents live in Roanoke. Now I went to Farum, which is about, 40 minutes south it's in the middle of nowhere right so i just think about man i wish we had a recre box where i could where we could just Get i don't know yeah. rent uno rent uno for two hours or whatever so yeah i, I think it's genius yeah so, so again echo all that um it, <laughs> like i know like marshall you can attest to this we didn't <laughs> we didn't really have like and this sounds crazy we we like never really had our own basketballs, you know. Yeah. Like, and like, is that I true? Know, I swear, it, Griffin. We, like, we, my parents, and it's not like a knock on my parents. You played yeah, like D one basketball. We never, oh, we okay, ne- we no. rarely had our own. Um, like at home, we rarely had our own basketballs. So what would happen is, this is essentially how we got all of our basketballs. <laughs> it, it's not stealing, okay? It's not stealing. So we 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 go to like. I go to Austin's game or Brandon's game or Walter's game, or we'd be playing at a court and we'd be the last, usually we'd be the last ones to leave because our parents would talk or whatever. And there'd be a ball in the gym and we'd ask like, Hey, is this your ball? Is this your ball? Like did someone leave a ball? We'd wait to see if someone would get it. You'd, you'd, you'd ask like twice. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know, my parents, you know, they, 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 they wouldn't let like, you walk out. Make That's sure true. that that it's no one's. Yeah, um, they're checking under the rafters. And then we just sure kind of like have. collected basketballs over the years that way. And and I don't know if it, we never had like a hoop at our house. So I don't know if it's because of that. And we didn't have like a gym membership where you know we just kind of played wherever. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, so I don't know. It, it didn't hurt us, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I tell all this like. And it's, I don't think I've ever like bought a basketball, like out of my own money. That's hilarious. Isn't that, isn't that funny? Like, I get it. I mean, never, but like, it's, it's also, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> um, but I, ultimately, I love it. Um, I'll, I, I'll give you the, I'll give you the like the 90s, we've gone way over, but I'll give you like the like 90 second version of how this came to be. So, uh, 
I put all my eggs in the basket right before COVID and sports photography had all these incredible jobs lined up. I just, I was about to do like a bleacher, uh, body armor commercial series. It was like best time of my career. And on March 10th, 2020, I had like within 48 hours, I had like $150,000 of projects cancel on me in like 48 hours. It was like this unbelievable moment of crash. Um, and I all of a sudden had a lot of time in my hands because you famously couldn't be in the same room with a professional athlete. Like that was like Rudy Gobert did that to us. And like, it just became like the thing you can't go be in because something bad is going to happen. So I had a lot of time in my hands in 2020 um, and uh, spent some of that time on city bikes in Brooklyn uh, where I was living and kind of had this like kernel of an idea that's like I just rented the city bike for like two bucks on the side of the road and it unlocked this public bike lane this like public amenity that are all over New York and during COVID I had all this time my hands I explored New York on city bikes and as I was riding around I uh came upon thousands hundreds of parks there's 2,000 public parks in New York I didn't I didn't know almost any of them outside of Central Park and Prospect Park um but I came across all these parks and every time I'd ride on my city bike to another public space, a public amenity, a public park, like didn't have the tool to unlock the public space. Like I just rented with this bike. And I had this like moment of like, why isn't there a city bike for tennis rackets or basketballs or soccer balls? Like why? It was just a question. Like, why aren't there those items waiting there to like unlock the public space? Cause a basketball court is concrete without the ball and a soccer field is grass without the ball. You know, these are like these spaces that the, that, municipalities give us are nothing without the activities and they assume you bring it there. Um, but like, if you didn't have a bike, you couldn't ride on the bike lanes. So why isn't the same thing true in public spaces? So I had that idea. It was like a very small kernel of it, but I had all this time in my hands. And so I brought up, I pulled up five, de- five, five page deck together and brought it to the, I just went crazy and brought it to the commissioner of parks and rec for the city of New York. It's like, the biggest job in parks in the world. New York is the biggest park system in the world outside of Paris. Um, and I had a meeting with the director of parks and rec with the, for the city of New York. I was like, I want to do this park box thing. Like there should be basketballs and stuff winning. He's like, this is a good idea. I'll like get behind this, but you're going to need $25 million in five years to pull it off. And I didn't have either. I didn't have time or money. Um, and so the idea was still good. I like taught, I, ta- I called Whalen. I called all these people in my life that like I thought could give me good advice. And I kind of landed on like, this is a good idea. It's just maybe not the right space. So we built one of these lockers. We built the box from hand. I had a couple buddies help me down in Harrisonburg where I'm outside my alma mater, JMU. We tore apart old high school lockers and physically like soldered in shelves we custom designed our own doors. Um, we built a web app. I found a co-founder um, from a old high school, like someone or an, a college, a dude I hadn't talked to in 10 years. I DM'd on Instagram and was like, hey, come start this company with me. And that was the first time we talked in 10 years. And now I talk to him five times a day, every day for the last 18 months. Um I knew he could build that side of it. And I knew I could like kind of help push the vision forward. So we brought the box to college students as kind of a pivot because we knew that they didn't have these items. Um, but we still positioned it as like a park box. 
And once college students saw it, they're like, yeah, cool. Spike ball's cool. Basketball's cool. Like we'll use it. But like, it's now November in Harrisonburg. I'm not playing outside anymore. Like what else could go in this thing? And once the students gave us that feedback that like, there should be a vacuum in here. There should be a Nintendo switch in here. There should be a movie projector in here. There should be Uno in here. There should be these items in here that like we'll use on a regular basis. That changed. There's another slight pivot. And then JMU on campus called and like, can you put two lockers on campus? And that was a big step for us because it got us like institutional credibility. And then from there, like, okay, we're a university services company. Now we like build rental boxes for campuses. And now where we've landed is we've got 2,500 square feet in Harrisonburg with a warehouse. We've got four full-time employees and a couple part-time people that help out. Um, We've got a dozen investors. We've got uh, just this morning, we installed our sixth campus at South Alabama University. Um, And we help campuses like provide an accessible amenity to let their students do more without having to own more. Um, It's been a weird ride. It is not something that like I ever envisioned for myself before COVID, like pre-COVID, I was on a totally different trajectory. COVID let as did to many of us. It like let me kind of like re-look at my life and like think about what I wanted. And I wanted to have, I wanted to sink my teeth into a project that like I that I had my time spending 200 days on the road a year. Like I had, I had that moment. And now I want to start something that like builds like generational wealth. I wanted to do something that like was something that could be mine and something that could be like bigger than me and and something a, a a a thing that came alive and this was an idea that we pivoted a couple of times we like found the market we found the investors we like we this has been a total growth um from where it started to what it is now is completely different but it's been this unbelievable ride uh and i don't know it's it's insanely exciting to think about like what this is, what it's, what it's becoming and what it can be. I mean, these things I want to have these at every school in the country and then beyond from there. Um, but yeah, it's been a totally different thing than everything we just talked about for the last hour and a half, but it's, uh, it's been something I can really sink my teeth into and build. So are you guys hiring? Cause I'm, I'm looking for yeah, <laughs> no. someday soon, man. Someday soon. We're, like, <laughs> we're about to hit the jets. Yeah, Man, that's that's awesome, and we're yeah. we're entrepreneurial at, at at you know at our core. So we love to hear you know stories about that type of stuff. Um, and Austin, let me know if you have any other questions. But what I wanted to know is like what's what's next? If you're allowed to share, like what what is that next thing that you guys are, are looking to do? How are you gonna take it to the next level? Like what's what's your focus going? into uh 2023 and, and, and beyond world domination um we like we we think that and and the like that's the funny way to say it but the truth is like we think this is a massive market um we think there there's 3000 universities in in the US alone that we that we've kind of determined could use five or more boxes um and the way that this works is we may we like give the box and the software to a university and then they put whatever they want in it. So like we can scale pretty quickly. Um, it's it's a hardware software business. And so we we want to have thousands of these boxes around the country and, and not that long a time. Um, so for us, it's 
people, um, finding great people, finding great talent that can like help be our like deploy these boxes around the country. People who are really good relationship people, really good um, uh, like universities are still um, a big time relationship business. So finding people who have that ability to become fast friends is big on our side. And then like keep honing in on the market. So for us, like I spend my days now on the phone with university leadership, like hours a day, multiple hours a day. And so for me, it's just, it's in the way that I spent my 10,000 hours over seven years or 10 years, 12 years, like doing basketball photography and photography generally, like I'm getting my 10,000 hours in like 18 months on right. university services. Right. Uh, and so for us, we're like, we're still super young. It's still, it's still early days, but uh, I, I see this being a kind of a, kind of a massive company and in not in not that long a time. So it's just, it's executing, it's getting the right, the, the, the best universities we started, we're, we're at Auburn university, we're at Emory university, we're at South Alabama or JMU, or um, we're like, we're finding the right partners who like show institutional trust and then kind of like just try to go everywhere. It's amazing, man. Um, I mean, <laughs> none of this is a surprise to be just, I don't know, man, my discernment, I just kind of knew like you would, you would be very successful. Um, that's not why I was nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, One day this guy is going to make me yeah, a partner. Um, no, seriously, like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just kind of knew that. So like, it, I don't know. It's just, it's, just, it's amazing to, to hear this and, and see that you're doing so well. Uh, and you're still the same, like, like Marshall said, like you could be, you know, uh, we never had our, our 10 year reunion. I, I hope we, we got to get on that. Yeah. We got to help Annie. Cause I, I, she reached out to me. Um, she's so, in Germany now. Yeah. Yeah. She, she looks was, a little disconnected. She's, she's farther out there. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. We need some, you need some local help. Yeah, for sure. Um, but nah, man, just, just a, an amazing story. And, I'm I'm honored to to have you on and then you know still still be a friend, man. Because again, you're you're a special individual, and I'm glad you know our clocking family can. Can I tell you one last story that's like directly related to you? So, uh, my time in freshman year, I was kind of a a square, kind of a nerd, um, and I didn't I didn't listen to a lot of rap music back then. I like just didn't have that like that cult, that instinctive knowledge of culture that I like surrounded myself with by being on the freshman team, but just didn't have like the, the base level knowledge that everyone else seemed to have. And so I don't remember what song it was or where it came from, but um, go ham was like a thing that people said. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was about you. <laughs> for, dude for years wow like i all through herndon i thought going ham meant going austin hamilton <laughs> like i thought that's what the phrase was that's amazing and not until my freshman year of college at jmu where some dude in a football uh, we were traveling on some trip he's like oh dude that guy went ham all over that dude and i had this moment of like you don't know austin hamilton <laughs> 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 it's like so that hopefully that like positions where you are in my book <laughs> like 
you're you were you were a phrase that the world knew um but no i really appreciate being on here man it's like it's been a long time coming it's so good to see you guys um i wish we had another couple hours because there's a hundred more stories i'd love to hear from you from like your perspective and i'd love to share more so Maybe this is the first of many. I'd love yeah, to, yeah, you're definitely. I'd love to clock back in sometime. Oh yeah, you're and and, and always welcome. This is the last thing I'll say. Um, look, I, I want to just kind of get some uh, pick your brain, I guess. Like, get some ideas from you of kind of what we're doing with our basketball stuff, and um, maybe the pot. I don't know. Like, again, you're just a, a, an amazing creative thinker. And just so smart and intelligent. Like again, I, I need to I need to leverage the, the, me in. the relationship. Yeah. yeah. Business wise, like you're you're growing. We there's things we want to do business. Yeah, we we got to next a, for you guys conversation. I see the merch. Like what's what's coming up up? What's what's next for clock in? We gotta get on it, man. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I mean, right now it's just kind of agnostic to the podcast, right? We're just enjoying. And I tell people, people this all the time, like we're not making like money off this. Sure. But kind of, kind of what you talked about in your, in your journey, this, the intrinsic value of the relationship building, right? Like it sounds a lot better to say, Hey, um, like, can we get you on your podcast? Like we want to get you on the podcast to learn about your journey opposed to like DMing, DMing someone Hey, can you do me a favor? Okay. You know what I mean? Um, and again, we're not just doing that because we want favors, but um, it, it, there's a lot more to it than just. The world is a relationship business. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And this is just a cool platform to, you know, circle back with old friends and learn about different journeys and perspectives um, and, and people that align to what we, you know, try to try to preach. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, more to come, but we'd love ideas on 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 what you think and how you could see us growing and things like that. So, yeah, we're all about adding value, man. And everyone we have on, we know that they can add value, and we learn things about people that we that we know that we never even like knew, right? Like inspiring things. Um, so you know, for me, and and Austin can speak to this too. Um, where we can make the most impact, have fun, make people laugh, make people think, you know, that's, 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 that's our goal ultimately. Um, now I know there's things that we can hone in on business wise that, that, uh, you know, obviously we want to get better at, um, but kind of like you, man, you know, our focus isn't, man, we need to make x amount in profit and we need to have x amount of whatever you know we're just we love doing it we think we'll be blessed at some point um and uh we're just making sure that we're adding value to people and um and 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 staying ourselves being ourselves right you know we we feel like outside of what we've done in our careers basketball wise and even professionally like there's this this value we can add to people um, and sometimes, honestly, we're just we're just kind of venting, man. It's therapeutic. So, um, so yeah, man. I mean, like Austin said, open to ideas. We know that uh, you have a lot of wisdom in a lot of different areas, and uh, yeah, we definitely gotta gotta chat, man, and chop it up. Uh, 
I'd, at some point. Really, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to hear what you guys are thinking and see if just have a brainstorming session. That'd be a ton of fun. Sounds good, man. Well, that's it, folks. I promise we've been saying that for like 30 minutes. <laughs> but episode 91, Griffin Harrington. I mean, you guys are going to be, uh, you know, reading about him, hearing about him, probably in Forbes one day. Uh, you know, he, he's special, man. And, you know, we're, we're just honored to have him and to call him a friend. So we, we appreciate you, uh, Griffin, and appreciate you all for tuning in. So that's it. That's Thank it, guys. You guys. We appreciate it, Griffin. Appreciate y'all. Thanks, Griffin, man. Peace. We put in work and here's the proof. What you want? I'm making moves, punching in. I'm on it too. I'm in the gym. I'm in the stew. It's hunting season. Where's the food? We push each other daily. Level up. Because that's what brothers do. Clock in.